This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Child Stars. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. There's a universal truth about people, and that it's we all want to be loved. It's baked into our DNA. We crave it. We want people's approval. We want people's respect. And for a small number of people, they get all of that all at once because it's their job. They're actors uh, who are underage, who are put into a show or a movie because they need somebody who realistically looks like a four-year-old and the best place to find one of those is four-year-olds. So they get all this attention and all this praise. Uh, they don't have to go to school and be bullied. And they don't have to put up with all the usual garbage that comes with being a kid. And they do this alongside people who've spent 20 or 30 years trying to be professional actors. And they're all treated as being equally important. But then one day the show goes off the air or the movie franchise ends and these people are out on their ass and they had a mainline injection of approval and love and now it's all gone consider if you will one of the most successful people to come out of this profession britney spears she starts out as a mouseketeer she ends up having a record that gets very successful music videos and at her height goes completely psycho nutballs and chops off all her hair. She didn't even have a show go off the air. She just was driven crazy by all of this attention and, I guess, success, and was too young to handle it. I find that thrilling myself. We're going to be talking about it today. This is a journey into sound. Followed by silence. Yeah, I know. What irony. You guys really that's jumped awesome. on that. I think uh, that's oh, very geez. very conceptual of us. Yeah. The, the sound of silence. That's I've awesome. had this kind of running thing lately where I get the first word in and it's just enough to confuse the two of you. Uh, it's not so much that we're confused. It's just sort of, oh, great. Eric's talking again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Showman is being a showy showy. Yeah, Mr. Showy Showman. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show, everybody. We're assholes. Yes. This is Thank the show. You. Welcome to it. Yeah. Uh, Hi. Um, what's your name, asshole? I'm Eric. <laughs> that's decided. he answered quickly yeah he always wants to talk and I, he doesn't i know who the asshole is you come on <laughs> can i be the the quiet one can i i'll be chris yeah chris okay. is the yeah. i'll be brian uh, and i don't want to know what part i am so uh let's, you're, let's move on quickly brian, brian is the secret weapon of the team Honestly. Brian is the man who yeah. scores uh, a guy and his wife tickets to the concert fest of the decade Oh yeah, I got I I bought four tickets to the Cruel World Fest and I gave Eric and his wife dibs. 
yeah, uh, that's on cool. the other two tickets. Who's playing at the Cruel World uh, Fest? Like, everybody is playing at the <laughs> right? Cruel World Fest. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It, I was... Uh, pull that up. I, I, yeah, you sent that the graphic of their flyer, and it literally is like a thousand bands. I, my wife and I were discussing yeah. it, and it's like, uh, it would be cool, but honestly, that means we would have to go to LA, we would have to get a hotel, we'd have to do all this. Yep. Like, it's just... Uh, not our bag. Not worth it. And then we're thinking, well, so shit, this is like one day. It's like October 2nd or something, right? It's in May. But Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's like one day, a thousand bands were like, how the fuck are they going to pull this off? It's like, yeah. there's yeah, got to be like- Coachella for old people. Basically. Here's the, here's the list. Here's the lineup. This is the show that we're talking about. Bauhaus. Holy crap. Black Actually, audio. Bauhaus. I looked it up. It's, yeah. it's Love and Rockets plus Peter Murphy <laughs> doing yeah. a reunion tour. Uh, yeah. Black Audio, Blondie, uh, Cold Oh my Gabe. God, Blondie. Oh, my wife is like, and and you and Brian finally get to see Devo together live. I'm happy right. for you, she said. I'll, although it's not really Devo anymore, but that's- No, oh, come on, death doesn't count. If somebody, if somebody deaths out, then- <laughs> Okay. You know. yeah. As long as Gerald Casal is around, the heart of Devo is beating loudly. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I saw him in like 89, and it was awesome, so congrats. Yeah, oh. I've seen them once. I'm looking forward uh, to this. Drab Majesty. I don't know what that is. Echo and the Bunny Men. I saw I, them. Is that, I is saw that them actually like, the like the the real Bunny Men and Echo? Uh I mean, I mean Echo is the drum machine, yeah, so I, I know. assume it's I'm Echo. Making a bad yeah. joke. <laughs> I, I saw him uh, like 12 years ago when they did that Siberia album, uh, and they did like a small club tour, and it was pretty cool. But like all of these, what we call Lake people showed up and it's just a bunch well like in the 80s they would call them preppies and douchebags and such and they were only there because <laughs> uh they only knew like two songs and they were all waiting for them to play the cutter because they all watched uh <laughs> oh spare us the cutter, us the cutter. yeah they all watched um, the the, anyway. the crazy movie and then they played cutter and like half the people yeah. like left so like of all the bands playing i've gotten through only like seven and there's yeah. more. It's like a crazy lineup. <laughs> yeah. We can talk Big, more about it as it approaches, surely. Yeah. Gary Big, Newman. You get to see yes, Gary that. Newman. And Gary Newman's last couple albums have been fucking tits. So, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I'll tell you, the, the one that I am actually jealous that you guys will see is uh, Christian Death. Because I would always would love to see Christian Death, but I don't think I ever will. And so, mm. good, good on you for that. No, I don't think any of us are going to get to see the the end of uh, Christianity. (laughs) (laughs) Buried halfway down this lineup is the goddamn Violent Femmes, okay? Like, this is a sick, sick lineup. We're an English beat. We're going to have so much fun. Anyway, so yeah, we're doing that in May now. So Eric and I are going to see all the concerts over the next couple of months. Yeah. I've often said, I bet the psychedelic furs, uh, uh, when they do a live show, they probably start with Pretty in Pink. And they probably end it with Pretty in Pink. And they probably yeah. play it a couple of times in the they, middle, too. Apparently, they just released a new album. I haven't listened to it yet. Various versions like of Pretty first, in Pink? First new, yeah, probably. First new album in like <laughs> 16 years or something. So, who knows? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's crap. You know, it's hit yeah. and miss with these and things. And I, I cannot wait, though, to see Morrissey get bitchy in public. Uh, you know that's going to be great. <laughs> Turn up the monitor, you yeah, you meat eating person, you. It really is. It really is. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Grand. So that is that is a sneak preview of uh, sometime in May. What will be the fresh shit? 
This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. Oh, are we going to go into the fresh shit? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I already said fresh shit. Boom, bang, boom. (laughs) I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. (laughs) And once again, it's a regular show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What did I watch this week? Oh, I started uh, Lock and Key on the Netflix, which is like the new show. Seen pictures of it. Uh, it's, it's I guess it's based on a series of graphic novels written by Joe Hill. Uh, who happens to be the son of Stephen King, and he's making a name for himself as a horror writer as well. Uh, he's done like Nosferatu. Isn't this in some weird way a Marvel thing, but not an MCU thing? Uh, or I something? think it's just, I guess Marvel maybe put out the graphics, but I, it's not really a, a, a Marvel show. It's just its own thing. Right. Uh, but the only way I can describe, basically it's uh, a, a family with like three kids, two teenagers, and then one kid that's much younger. Uh, their dad is murdered, and then they move back to his old creepy uh, childhood home in Massachusetts that turns out to be some sort of weird portal to other dimensions. And then there's like these keys that the kids find that unlock all kinds of weird shit. And so it's just, I'm like five episodes in, and I still have no idea what's going on really. Uh, but a lot of it's just weird because you can tell that Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Because the whole thing plays sort of like if Stephen King wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's kind of the vibe it gives off. And so it's Mm. really distracting because it's, you know. I've often felt there are certain Stephen King tropes that all of his stuff has. It'd be interesting to see how many of them show up in kids thing. uh, There's a lot in this one. There's There's a heavy vibe from it because then he turns out that the dad, when he was a kid, got involved with this and they let loose some sort of demon. So then there's all of that sort of backstory. But but like all the Stephen King things, it's always, okay. It's, it's a, one of the, not always, but there's usually a group of kids, right? Group of kids, either grown up or a group of kids, group of kids. Yeah. There's There's the, that's that the, the, yeah, the all powerful evil. There's a ringer for the good guys. That's like sort of a weird angel or a weird, like a standout helper dude. That doesn't do much. Which hasn't shown up yet, but I'm expecting it. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, like shades of The Shining because then their mom, it turns out that she's like a recovered alcoholic. And so you're kind of wondering if she's going to tilt back into alcoholism as a mm. way to cope with all the weird shit that's starting to happen. I mean, it's just, there's a, and there's like the, the kid that like is the caretaker of this old house is a special needs kid. And so King always likes to throw one of those in, like that just are sort of not altogether regular in yeah. the head. Uh, I had a, so I've and I've already said I've been watching uh, The Outsider, and that's a Stephen Kingy thing. I I realize now why Stephen King stuff is good, you know, in terms of movies and TV, and it sucked in the seventies and eighties. In the seventies and eighties, mm. they were only making those movies because. The books were hits and they wanted to make money. Yeah. They're good now because there's now a fan base of people who were young adults who are now grown up and in the industry who are doing these things because they liked them. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Passion. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Is there any passion in Lock and Key? Uh, You don't sound very passionate, Chris. uh, I mean, it's just, it's hard to just get excited about it. That's the sad part. It's, I mean, it's interesting. It's got enough 
stuff in it and it's well done. But at the same time, I'm just sort of divorced from the entire proceedings because all I can think about <laughs> is like, oh, well, OK, let's take that from Stephen King. OK, good job, Joe Hill. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's just distracting. It's like if you don't know the Stephen King stuff, uh, then it's not going to matter. But I just sadly read a lot of that shit when I was a kid. And so I'm kind of familiar with it. And I'm like, oh, so that's X. Oh, he took that from Y. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know. Yeah. Uh, whatever. This is the curse of age. This is why things, this is why old people look at like <laughs> modern pop culture stuff and yeah. go, yeah, that's stupid and derivative. And yeah. kids are like, no, man, it's it's awesome. Well, so, no, it's just the first time you've heard these tropes. Trust yeah. me, kid. Well, and the beauty yeah. is that, uh, you know, we're, we're Gen X, so we are of a certain era. Uh, but when you work with millennials, as probably all of us do, uh, mm-hmm. and you just drop a reference to something that's totally just regular to you, and they're like, I have no idea what that is. Uh, you die a little inside, but at the same time, you're like, oh, great. That means they're just going to recycle the same shit, and everybody's going to think it's so awesome, and it's going to mm-hmm. suck. You know, it's Some, like you go yeah, Something like this process. happened at work with a girl who, who works uh, near my desk, and I had responded to her with, you know, yeah, laugh it up. But like in 20 years, somebody your age is going to say to you, what's a Drake? <laughs> True. It's like, remember, shit always comes back around. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, that's, I guess, what lock and key is uh, indicative of for me. It's just uh, mm. uh, something that's recycled, but no one's really going to understand that that's not old enough to. Is you know what is I mean? the is the lock any kind of sub reference to John Locke? No, it's the family name Locke. L O L O C K E, and then they find all these keys that open these portals. So it's lock and key. And I'm five se- episodes I'm, in and halfway halfway through it, and I really still have no fucking. I'm idea more what's entertained going on. if the show was named Mac and Guffin. <laughs> But. <laughs> well, it's not too well late. played, sir. Not too late. <laughs> what else have you got, Chris? Uh, and then for my ongoing Disney challenge, uh, this sort of ties yes, into today's this is show. What I'm really talking about, Chris uh, in the Chris Zone. Uh, I didn't do much this week because honestly, the the Herbie the Love Bug thing really took it out of me because that was just <laughs> that was a lot. It him. killed movies for you. Uh, it was really a lot. Uh, so I decided to go thematic with today's show topic, and I rewatched Freaky Friday with Jodie Foster because uh, okay, I don't think I'd actually seen the whole thing ever as a kid, so it was kind of weird to to watch. Uh, and it's it's passable, but it's mostly based on the strength of, yeah, Jodie Foster's good, uh, but the woman who plays her mom, Barbara Harris, uh, is fucking awesome in this thing. I really Barbara do. Harris is the shit. Yeah, she is so funny. <laughs> so she really <laughs> nails uh, playing a teenage girl in the body of an adult woman. It was very well done and very amusing. And then John Aston uh is her dad and he's and they really play up the like he's just a total chauvinist pig dumping everything on his wife for the catalina wine mixer at the end of the movie uh and that's the thing i was watching him like holy shit stepbrothers will ferrell uh stole everything plot wise (laughs) from freaky friday i mean it's just literally (laughs) like like all of the the toil and travails of of grown men who are acting like children and then it leads to the Catalina wine mixer at the very end where the day is saved. It was so weird. So 
You didn't do a Freaky Friday marathon where then you watch the Jamie Lee Curtis one also? Uh, no, because like that? that also no. has Lindy Lohan. And I just Lindsay Lyhoney. Yeah, and I just did the Herbie Fully Loaded, and I really yeah. wasn't going to go down that goddamn <laughs> rabbit hole. So, no. Yeah, that's and then like getting sick on sugar, and then the next day somebody yeah. offering you a pastry. It's like, yeah. Uh. Well, and then if you go on Disney+, Plus, there's also that version, and then there's another one that they made for the Disney Channel like two years ago. Mm-hmm. which totally reworks the whole Freaky Friday thing again. Uh, I saw a clip from it, and it looked fucking horrible. Uh, who, <laughs> so, is there anybody recognizable in that one? Uh, I yeah. don't think so. The only name I recognize is uh, Alex Desiree, who was one of the guys from Swingers. Uh, I, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, he was he was on that Ted Danson show. Uh yeah, whatever. Anyway, I didn't recognize anybody, so no. But Freaky Friday as a movie, 1976, that was like at the height of uh, Jodie Foster's kid stardom. Uh, yeah. So it's weird to think that she made Freaky Friday the same year that she made uh, Taxi Driver because it's two totally different vibes, uh, and she <laughs> and she acquits them both very well. So it's just very strange, you know. Wow, if you think of it, in Freaky Friday. She's a kid pretending to be a grown-up, and yes. in Taxi Driver, no, yeah, she is again. Yeah, she's well, a kid and, pretending and to be a. Same is true for Bugsy Malone, right? That, that that's yeah. why they make Freaky, Freaky Fridays. Is every now and then they get a, an actress like this kid could conceivably do the playing a kid playing an adult thing. Let's make a remake of Freaky Friday. Yeah, and you it know. never works. I'm surprised it, it we didn't works. get one with the the hit girl actress. What's her name? Oh God! I'm so glad they didn't. Oh, Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's better than that. She's just better than that. Yeah. Well, so is Jodie Foster. But <laughs> well, you know, we, but she was Friday the first. Exists. Well, that's I the thing, though. She was the first, and then every Freaky Friday scenario after that was basically, yeah. uh, we've got a slightly talented female uh, uh, child actor. Yeah. Let's put him in a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. Honestly, the only actors uh, of the recent era that I think could have pulled anything like that off would be Elle Fanning, because she's just creepily adult uh, mm-hmm. when she was doing her her roles as a child it's just like holy shit this is not a child this is like someone uh who's got progeria or something you know it's oh, just, they, just very weird and they made one with uh the the the, the, the kid from wonder years didn't they oh yeah that oh, was yeah, like that was, 18 was like, again or something right yeah no that was that was that was a, a different one with George Burns. This was one with uh the okay wow well, no, I can't remember anyone's yeah, it was, name. Yeah, it was the one with Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. Judge, oh Reinhold. there you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't and remember the name of it. And then there was the one with uh, Kurt Cameron and, and Dudley Moore. Moore. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Was yeah. Kurt Cameron? Uh, yeah. Not to be confused with the one they did in the in the aughts with uh, what's his face from the the High School Musical. Uh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yeah. Oh and, God. Uh, and well, Matthew. This Perry. is a really, really yeah. done to death concept, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. I, I, but I, if I, you had L. Fanning and Tilda Swinton, <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. So yeah, that's all I watched. Uh, nothing to really report on that end. So uh, I'll, right. pro- I'll probably do Witch Mountain next, just so you'll get off my back. You know no, no, I, mean? I got one. I got one for you. Okay. I, I thought of this this week. Super Dad. I don't think Super Dad is on Disney Plus. I'm really kind of bummed. Of course not, because Bob Crane is like yeah. a kinky freak. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> Super Dad's not on there, and neither is Boatniks. That's like the two 
Bob Crane Disney movies. It's like how shit. how have either of you pulled either of these titles out of your collective asses? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> hey, well, Brian, I've always man. I've always been fascinated with Bob Crane yeah. because he was an utter scumbag, and yeah. and like for like eight seconds, people liked him. You know, he's he's like the the best story of a falling star. Yes, because it's also grimy. <laughs> well, what's what was the movie with Greg Kinnear? And uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Autofocus. Yeah. Autofocus, which was directed by my favorite awful filmmaker, yes. uh, Paul, Schrader. Paul Schrader. Boom. Paul Schrader makes everything bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I'll see if I can find it, but I'm pretty sure it's not on there for obvious reasons. So, yeah. Next. Okay. He does all one-liners, and then you look real close to see if you can <laughs> see the, the, the bruises on his neck from uh, the... Yeah. the, the Beating off while ch- auto asphyxiating. Yeah. yeah, honestly, the only Bob Crane that's shown up on Disney Plus is he got a cameo in the movie Gus as a sports announcer, and that's it. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is stunned. Uh, yeah, like memories that I had somehow blocked are, are returning. Yeah. Super. Well, the dad. thing is, yeah. Bob Crane before he was on Hogan's Heroes was uh, L.A. Radio. He was a radio guy, and so everyone at Disney who produces these films in town and shoots them in town, they all would have known him as a local personality. So it would have made perfect sense to put Bob Crane in movies. Yeah, it's just that yeah, then shit went wildly sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. Uh, what you got, Eric? Fresh shit? I've been reading oh, uh, A Very Stable Genius. the Yet another book about the Trump administration. Oh, oh the, the newest one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, isn't the one, this isn't the one by Anonymous, though. This is something no, else. No, this is the Philip Rucker, Carol Lenning uh, book. New York Times uh, uh, rundown of every fucking crazy thing. But it's, like, it's not like policy... Or breaking the law, that's that's all sort of done by other people. This is specifically about how this guy is really dumb. Um, <laughs> and it's, I'm like reading this, and, and for some of it I'm going, yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I remember that. And then I get to things like when they were trying to brief him on uh, world affairs. I got to find an excerpt and send it to you, because it's just it's crazy. I think I've seen the excerpt you're talking about, where they're just and- like, they're trying to educate him on on why we do what we do with NATO and other countries. And he just keeps talking nonsense about, how come we're in Afghanistan? We didn't get the oil. It's like he's he wants to say things, but he knows he's mm-hmm. too dumb for the conversation. And they, it says in there that they even saw him chafing because he realized that this was like sort of a, you know, presidency for preschool kind of thing. They were just... Right. Yeah. And... He at one point he says, you know, like to all these military guys, all these career generals and marines, uh, he calls them. This blew me away. Dopes and babies. Yeah, and you know it's true because nobody talks like dopes and babies who's yeah. over the age of eight. And uh, <laughs> and there's a great part in there where they he says, yeah, I wouldn't go to war with you guys. And Tillerson apparently had thought to say something. Maybe he didn't credit to Tillerson, but. This was from a guy who was in his youth was in shape, muscular, tall, and by all rights should have been in the military during the Vietnam War 
and wasn't. So like the idea that he would start dressing down these military guys, everybody was thinking, fuck you. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite appalling because most every president has basically followed the path of you surround yourself with people smarter than you so that you can actually, you know, right make decisions. But Trump is such a fragile ego that if yeah. he surrounds himself with people smarter than him, then he's going to look dumb and he doesn't and he can't that. handle it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and, girl, girl, pair you fucking baby. But this is the meeting where when it was over and uh, the president drove away. Because uh, this, I think this was at Foggy Bottom. It wasn't at the White House. Uh, the this is when Rex Tillerson said the president is a fucking moron. And <laughs> actually, during that meeting, while the president was talking all this shit about, you know, like, no, like South Korea should be paying us rent for the missile system we put in there to protect them and all this, because he still doesn't get it. Tillerson said, no, basically, no, sir, the army is not for profit. These people are not putting on a uniform and risking their lives for a paycheck. So, you know, Uh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. It made me love Rex Tillerson, quite frankly. The guy I thought, (laughs) oh, Jesus, an oil executive. Great. That's what we need. Well, that's the thing is that most of these assholes either quit or get fired and then Mm -hmm. speak up. And then suddenly it's like, well, why didn't you do that when you were fucking there? You know what I'm saying? Well, he... Yeah, well, and he that's why did, it's hard to and that, respect Tillerson yeah. because, you know. Well, I'm saying yeah, yeah. he did as much, you know, he did, and that's what basically got him fired. Because after this meeting, after Tillerson said, you're wrong, everything you just said is wrong, uh, he was on the outs and then he got fired. Yeah. Basically, I don't know I'm, why anybody would want to keep that job. Uh, yeah, why anybody would want to work for Trump is baffling to me because everything yeah. he touches turns to shit it's yeah. just a proven track record on that and it's like so basically for that brief glimpse of the rainbow's end you're gonna risk everything uh yeah. in later life so, it's like yeah you so just, in 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 a reminder to all of the people who would like to not see a second term of trump uh i'm getting way too much shit on my social media feeds from all sides where i've got like People who are terrified of losing to Trump going, we can't elect a, a Bernie or a socialist as the we'll lose. And I've got other people like, if we don't elect Bernie, we'll lose. And I'm, and I'm not going to vote for, you know, whoever the DNC stalls. And I'm like, assholes. <laughs> yeah, really. All of you are wrong. Here's the deal. Vote if Dumbledore whoever. doesn't win the nomination, we're all voting for Snape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because Voldemort's on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind Whoever of Whoever wins, we... fucking vote. That's why these Republican ninnies always win, because they don't care. They're kamikazes. They'll do literally whatever they're told to. That's <laughs> exactly right. So Snape in 2020, everybody, get with it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to so, use the word ninny in conversation, you have my permission. Just vote. What a dope and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your fresh shit? Do you have anything besides the book? Uh, that's all I want to talk about because I'm terrified. We're now living in a post-rule of law nation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, uh, it's shocking how quickly that yeah. broke down. Holy it's, crap. Yeah. It's hard to hear you with that gun in your mouth, Eric. So uh, can you yeah. speak up? I mean, he's been, it's been a few years of the podcast. You'd be used to it by now, I thought. <laughs> I said I still can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> don't don't saying, push yourself. Yeah. I remember saying in, in civics class in high school, and what stops him from, you know, like- 
<laughs> from doing whatever the fuck he wants to. Oh, oh, they he would he would get thrown out. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, yeah. what we're witnessing is everything we were told is a lie. So yes, if the president yeah. has if the president has no shame, and neither do the people that can actually enable him to do the shameless things he does, then we're yeah. all lost. That's- After he got elected, and he said, "You know, uh, it turns out I looked it up, and uh, I don't need to show you my tax records." I was quite surprised when I saw that. I was like, "Oh, he's going to do whatever he wants, <laughs> yeah. whatever he wants." I, whatever yeah, well, he wants. I still say he's figured out that the way to defeat the the shaming of a scandal is to just have a new scandal every day and the yeah. press and the you rest of the, the checks and balances can't keep up with any of it. Yeah. What really is awful about the Trump administration isn't even what it's exposed about in half of America. It's we're going to get a competent authoritarian at some point. Yeah. He's yeah. showing basically Fuck. where all of the, all the, the, the cracks and loops in the system are. And then, Yeah. The Antichrist is going to show up and say, yeah, I'm going to do all that stuff, but I'm not going to be so dumb as to tweet about it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Exactly. Uh, my wife was saying uh, she was going to going to to make a joke that that maybe the uh, the Mormon church could put their hundreds of billions of dollars they have lying around into a Mike Bloomberg style campaign to draft Romney. And I'm like, oh, so we could end up with a Mormon, a Jew and the Antichrist on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and I would I would gladly vote for the Mormon and the either and or the Jew. I don't care. <laughs> I'm afraid the Mormon and the Jew would split the vote against the Antichrist. Yeah, but, honestly, uh, if yep. the if the Antichrist is running against Trump, hell, I'll vote for him. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's where we are. That's He's not Trump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, save us, Brian, please. I I don't know that I can save you. Uh, so uh, first of all, just just to I opened up my computer for the first time in years, and that's literally opening Pandora's box. The computer case is Pandora's box. Oh, so you literally unscrewed the case and yeah, went inside to the guts. I, I was having an issue with the cooler on my CPU. It wasn't cooling, really, and it was like this liquid cooling thing, and it just doesn't work right. And so I'm like, fuck this, I'm going to put the stock cooler in. But then that the just leads me down the radiator? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, kind of. Don't you know how computers wow. work, Eric? It actually does. I've never heard of a water-cooled PC. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That's a thing. Um, yeah. It, it also has a cigarette lighter. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then then now that I've got it open and Amazon Prime is a thing, I'm like, and I could really use another hard drive and some more RAM. And, oh, God. So this turned into like a week of, you know, fighting with a computer. Yeah. And this on top of buying festival tickets. Yeah. Oh, dude, I spent <laughs> my credit card got yeah hit this yeah, month. Hold, hold uh, on there, Mister Rockefeller. Hang on now. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be paying this down a little bit. Um. So that's what I spent a lot of my time doing this week. But but as far as fresh shit goes, what the hell? Let's talk about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. How do you remember all that? Uh, I just keep calling it that fucking Harley Quinn movie. Let's yeah. talk about that fucking Harley Quinn movie. Well, yeah. didn't, isn't that the actual title that they changed it to after they realized that maybe they should have yeah, put Harley Quinn? Yeah, it's called that fucking Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> New posters. Yeah. Uh, it's like they could have just waited one more week. They couldn't have uh, waited until after the Oscars and then sort of just dumped it in a weekend where everybody would probably be more inclined to go see it. You Is it I mean? true that they released it in Europe as Ewan McGregor in I Used to Be an Interesting Things? <laughs> <laughs> Ewan McGregor is just here to chew scenery and cash a paycheck, um, yeah, which he's him. doing. I mean, he he understands 
how silly this movie is, and he's he's just <laughs> going is, full on Jack Nicholson Joker is in he, this thing. Is he using that really ridiculous American accent that he likes to do? It, I don't think it qualifies as an American accent. <laughs> it's like it's really flat, and when he does it, it's like you are obviously not an American. There yeah. are vowels wish- in it that are <laughs> of no Scottish accent at all. Like I don't yeah. know how to describe how off his American accent. It's like uncanny valley for words. Uh, which know? is a shame because <laughs> I love it when he just uses the old scotch. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that would have been spot- fine. Like, like train spotting is where it all boils down to me. It's just, just talk like that all the fucking time. Just do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's just this like malicious, misogynist, violent asshole, um, bad guy. Um, and he just he's he's just playing it to the hilt. He knows he's a black hat, and he's he's got yeah. the blackest, sparkliest black hat. Yeah, is is he is he Victor Zaz? No, Zaz is also in the movie. Zaz oh. is like his buddy. Zaz is played pretty much straight like Zaz as just a sick fuck, um, but not a flamboyant one. Okay, right. So is but is this an enjoyable movie or is it more like Catwoman? Oh, it's much better than Catwoman. Okay, so this this year is really putting the lie to our whole good trailer, bad trailer, good movie, bad movie thing. Yeah. Honestly, once again, if you've seen the trailer, you've got a really good idea of whether or not you're going to like this movie. So um, basically, the trailers are just doing too good a job. Trailers are, are getting more accurate at selling the movies, or movies are becoming more like trailers. It might be the latter. <laughs> I think it might be the latter, honestly. Um, or they, they're they aware of our rule, and they're saying, you know what? If we make the trailer too good or too bad, people can tell. Why don't we actually make a sensible trailer? <laughs> I got an idea, guys. Let's form a company where we make the, the good trailers that sell it just enough. We can call it Goldilocks. <laughs> They already, you know they already met, have that. It's uh, uh, the the trailer park. There, it's a place that makes previews. They made the preview for um, the 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 previous car. Yeah, Harley these Quinn are the guys movie. who who cut up the Suicide Squad movie, and they yeah. make fucking yeah. badass trailers. I love their trailers, and I hate the movies that come yeah. out. Well, compared so to, uh, to Suicide Squad, how is it? Oh, it's better than Suicide Squad. Okay, okay. Um, this What's is not? kind of a sequel to Suicide <laughs> Squad in that I think that's the only other DC movie that has any continuity. And yes, there is a Jai Courtney cameo in the form of a wanted poster in the police station no, where she that's not, looks at a, a picture of Captain on. Boomerang and goes, oh, I know that guy. Um, but, this is the, you know, Jai bless everyone. This is the only thing I pull away from it is that everybody spends a lot of time telling Harley Quinn that the Joker's not anywhere to protect her. That's that literally is all I can think of when I think. I of mean, this Birds of Prey movie. that's you know that's the basic uh, instigating thing. But the there's a MacGuffin and we're chasing it around. No, Rosie Perez is probably the most uh, fun part of this movie. She plays a character <laughs> Renee Montoya, who is a cop. Who You're is so stupid, Billy. I was so happy to see Rosie Perez on screen again. I never, I never liked, I found her irritating as hell in the nineties, but in this movie, I'm like, yay, Rosie Perez is here. And, um, (laughs) who's the the other, is, uh, what's her name? Uh, the girl from Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. She's the best part of the movie, actually. Which is weird because apparently she 
and Ewan McGregor had an affair where he left his wife and that turned into a, like a real shitstorm and then like that fizzled. So I was surprised to see that they were actually in a movie yeah. together. I don't know if they're ever on camera together. Yeah. I don't okay. think they are. Good. She plays the Huntress and she's trying to establish herself as this Batman style character, but nobody takes her seriously. <laughs> um, so that's actually a lot of fun. Okay. Wait, um, who was she in Scott Pilgrim? She was the girl. She was the main girl that he had a crush on. Yeah. Oh, is that her name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, she was in she was in Fargo, and uh, that was with Ewan. That's probably so where that's they met. Probably, that's yeah. probably where they met. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's February, right? The Slim Pickens. You could do worse than the Harley Quinn movie in theaters. It's. You know, it's three stars out of five. It's it's fine. It's it, you yeah. know she's she, Harley Quinn as a character. So, I mean, I I've never understood it honestly because they well, they introduced it. She's as, the fuckable Joker. Okay, she's yeah. she's the Joker for for thirteen year old boys who would also like to dominate and screw the Joker. Well, it's a um, weird character because didn't she get created in the Batman cartoon series? Exactly. That's yeah. why I don't think she's... It's just a weird... I, she's not legitimate because she was made for an animated TV show and then they put her in comic books. What does that got to do with yeah, anything? Yeah, but she wasn't... Mr. Because Freeze she wasn't, was Vincent Price until they made a decent backstory for These him. characters are <laughs> in all that interesting show. because they keep showing up for decades in comic books. Yeah. Eric's just very, like no, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that Bruce Tim and Paul Dini's 1990s Batman series uh, did an awful lot of good for the Batman canon. Hey, look, Fine, man, but to, Eric, to create characters from whole cloth and then say they're on par with, uh, you know, Joe I love, Chill. I love that Eric likes to complain about canon until canon works in his favor, and then he's cool. With it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh, have God, it both that ways. Is so true. You can't that have it both so ways. That is so true. Yeah. No. Um, I, yeah. Only other thing I'll say about um, uh, Birds of Prey is a stupid gag, but um, Rosie Perez is a cop, and she's like the the cop who gets you know her badge taken away and goes rogue or whatever. But when she shows up, everyone's complaining about how much she stinks. Like, oh my god, you know, did you shower? What do you, you know? What happened to you? So she <laughs> gets some clothes out of some evidence locker or something like that, and so she spends the first half of the movie wearing a t-shirt that says, "I shaved my balls for this." <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's almost worth the price of admission. Yeah, yeah. it's a foul-mouthed okay. movie. It's a feminist take. It's okay. It's yeah. weird, it's kooky, just, it's fine. It's basically once DC blew it with their universe, they were like, we can fuck do it. whatever we want yeah, now. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saddened that it's tanking because they just didn't market it well enough. Uh and now that's going to be a reflection on well, it's just a fucking chick movie cuz that's the way that they go to this default position. It's like they're going to make mm -hmm. a movie with of and by women uh, that should be able to cross over into the general audience. Yeah. And then when it fails, female they writer, go, yeah. Female director. So when a, when a bunch of dudes make a movie and it fucks up, they don't go, well, that's it. Dude movies are over. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing to me. So that would be cool. Yeah. I would yeah. actually love that. If somebody said <laughs> dude movies are over, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. What well, do you I think, got? I think that's the problem with this movie though, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's on the lines of like an upgrade or something, right? It's, it's like just above, 
sort of made for DVD level, you know, storytelling and expectations. And they're releasing it in February. But the problem is that lately February has also hosted Deadpool and Black Panther. And so suddenly the expectations have skyrocketed. But I think it'll probably make its money back. I think they'll do fine with it. I'm sure. I don't think it has legs in China, but... That's because of coronavirus, yeah. honestly. I say yeah. we abandon, we, we keep going with this. We abandon the topic we were going to do and we call this show, Dude, <laughs> Movies Are Over. <laughs> no, you can't just do that. Why not? I, I spent like 10 minutes preparing oh, for this you show. You know what? You, 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 you embrace canon until it means that you have to <laughs> get rid of your research. Don't throw that in my face. <laughs> oh, <ass>. Lord. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the fresh shit. Fresh don't matter. Fresh this week's topic uh, it, it came about because I, I, I was thinking about Hillary Duff and, and, and Lindsay Lohan As and the sort of competition that grew out between them. And I was like, how did this all start? And I realized there's a factory in, I want to say Hollywood, but uh, um, wherever the Hollywood, the, the, the film and TV and music industry do their banking, wherever that happens, there they decided that they would start a farm to create child stars uh, who would be pop stars. And I had a name for it, but it was rejected. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was very off color and not appropriate. It was to the factory of child whores. That's what okay. this is. But oh, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something else. Yeah. The, 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 the CW. We won't call it the child <laughs> whores. Wait, we'll wait, call wait. it the CW. Whoa. What? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, I want to talk about uh, uh, pop stars in this weird way that they they say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna create these these characters that will show up on kid early pre tween shows, right? Tweens? What are tweens? Tweens are like twelve. Yeah. Okay. Like or eleven, tween, 11, 11 yeah. and twelve. Right. So you get a tween show on Disney and or Nickel no or Nickelodeon. And it goes head to head with one that's on Nickelodeon or Disney. Okay, so this is a much more focused and microscopic take oh, on the subject because I I I'm like just, just I just went full on like well, let's just see what child stars are like and they I mean they date no, all the way back to the early days of no, film. No, I'm just saying this is why I wanted to do it. This was like my you we can go wherever you want with it. I was okay. just I just suddenly realized that yeah a few years ago. It's like all of culture has been sort of mashed into a mold. Yeah. You, you get the kid show. Kid show takes off. You get to make a pop album. You make a pop album. Pop album takes off. Then when the kid show is over, you can become really, really slutty. And Miley Cyrus oh. has taken this to the next level, but it's one they all kind of follow. But well, I, mean- I was thinking about this, and, and I think that this actually makes a great deal of sense, right? Like so again, think about your target demographic. So you're 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 starting out the career, you're aiming yourself at like 8 to 10 year olds, right? And mm-hmm. the kids are young and everybody kind of grows up at the same rate. So your audience is the same rel- relatively the same age as the actress. Um you get to puberty and then all of a sudden that person becomes the object of desire the masturbatory fantasy and so then the obvious marketing move is to make money off of that yeah and i don't know that this is anything other than just that's what happens when you've got you know 
12 year olds being aimed at 12 year olds but this is an omni-channel approach now i mean it used to be you had kid shows and then you had music and then you had you know i guess public relations porn i don't know you it's like you end up that it's not usually the same person each time until somebody said you know what we can they're already fans of this one person let's throw a new persona at them you know I guess. Sure. Like sure. Brit- Miley you Cyrus like Britney? Is, is that? Well, then you'll then you'll love you know Britney like doing music. You like Britney doing music? You're really gonna like her. But well, she didn't actually. Yeah, she went. She she went all slutty. But she's great because she shaved her head and went crazy. I well, loved that. Well, that's sort of the the weird pitfall to the whole child star thing. It's you know you've got a fifty fifty split. You'll either turn out somewhat normal like a Ron Howard. Uh, or mm-hmm. you'll just fall off the cliff uh, and just do all the shit that everybody expects you to do. Uh, like as, the as cast a, of Different Strokes. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like there seems to be no middle ground. It's like you'll either be okay or you'll, you're fucked up for life based on the fact that you were once a child star. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's a weird bag. I think, uh, yeah, you're, you're handed so much like success and laudits early and for not doing much that by the time it's all gone you don't have the tools to keep it you know yeah. unless you're like you know unless you do like jody foster or um the lord of the rings you know proto baggins guy um well i mean it's it's i mean i went back and looked at sort of just child stars of the past and I, the weirdest trivia that I found was that Jackie Coogan, the guy that played Uncle Fester on the Addams Family TV show, actually was a child actor during the silent era, and he was the he played the kid in Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. Whoa, uh, yeah, and that's so weird. But he's the guy that actually uh, ended up going to court and creating what is now a law in the books where the kids can't get ripped off by their parents. Cause his mom mm. and stepdad apparently just stole like three or $4 million from him, all the money he made as a child actor. And then he had to go to court and he got, ended up getting like 150 grand back. Yeah. I mean, it was something weird. And then that created Jackie Coogan's law, which protects child actors and blah, blah, blah. So that was a weird I, thing. I did not even know. I love that Charlie Chaplin for decades after would say that he was the most genius actor he'd ever worked with. He loved that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Fester, man. So, Which is also weird because his grandson, Keith Coogan, was a child star as well. It was like Adventures in Babysitting and uh Critters and that kind of stuff. That's a weird <laughs> that's a weird tangential family thing going on there. It's like the Keith Barrymore's. Coogan is the is the son of Uncle Fester? He's the grandson of Uncle Fester. Grand, okay. That yeah. makes a little more sense. Yeah. Huh. So learn something new every day. So we do Man, see the sucks, occasional one of these one of these actors who like goes through the ringer and comes out the other side uh kind of okay. Uh, you mentioned um uh, uh oh for God's sakes, Frodo, what's his name? <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Yeah. Yeah Elijah I Wood. I don't fucking know his name. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Elijah Wood, who yeah, is, I know has now Frodo. got like a little market of like I'm kind of a creepy dude stuff that he's still doing to this day. Yeah. Um, or His, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf was one of these Disney channel, channel kids who yeah. completely went to hell and is now in the process of getting his, his shit together in public, which is kind of yeah. cool. Well, he, he's kind of smart. He 
had his implosion and spun the whole thing as like a big art project. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's, it's like fairly- on sober days, he would do things like wear a bag over his head at a red carpet saying, I used to be a celebrity. And I think the only reason he did that is he knew that he would have an uncontrolled outburst at some point and he could say, oh yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. whole part of that art it's thing. It's fairly genius. <laughs> But it does follow along the, the, the same track of most of these stories where they, you know, they're child stars, they're around adults on sets all day, and they kind of just get into the liquor and the drugs and whatever, and then implode. And some of them don't come back. But then you've got ones like that or Drew Barrymore uh, who come out on the other end and sort of use that as a life moment and go, oh, shit. And then they kind yeah. of use that to work in their favor and then they can become successful in the industry because they went through it all at such an early age and you can't really probably get too much past them at that point. So it's just a weird like deal where you've got these people that become giant successes later in life, uh, even though by any rights they should not have had any career at so, all. So does that mean that in like 20 years we're going to look at Lindsay Lohan the way we look at Robert Downey Jr. and be like, oh yeah, after she kicked the heroin... <laughs> No. Only if she pulled. <laughs> only if she does something good. Because remember, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. kicked the heroin, and everyone said, "Well, that kind of sucks that he blew it." Because we're never going to see his ass in anything again. Yeah. But you know, he got a good agent. I think that's that's the other yeah. thing. It doesn't matter if you're on heroin or not. It matters whether or not you keep your representation. Yeah. Well, perhaps. It's just, I mean, it's, like he kicked ass in Chaplin while he was on heroin. That's yeah. Right. How Charlie Chaplin comes up again, but um, but yeah, obviously Iron Man changed his life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got all of the the people that just imploded. I mean, the different strokes kids, you know, that's a very solid example. It's like all three of them, uh, that was the apex of their deal. And then, you know, are all are two of them dead? Willis still alive? Uh, he's still alive. Okay. Yeah, he's still cashing checks. So, uh, you know, the the girl, yeah, she 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 had an oxycontin yeah. overdose. Yeah. Uh, but then you've Gary got the Cohen's ones that, still with us, isn't he? No, he died no, in like he died. 2010. Yeah. Huh. He he was only like 42. Yeah, and they think that he was his wife basically let him die. Like she didn't get his medication or something happened where Yeah. She could then, have saved him and didn't. Yeah. And then there's the the child stars like River Phoenix where they just literally like the candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long. I mean, he was literally like oh shit, he's famous, he's awesome, and then dude, you're dead in front of a club in LA. That was like, you know, a six-year arc. It was just like, what the fuck? That's you know, like the he James Deaning like, of River Phoenix, ba- right? Basically, because he's like, you know, he's in Explorers in like 85, and then by like 91, uh, he's dead. You know what I mean? And, and everybody thought he was going to have a huge career life. It was like, they were all like, he is, they weren't saying... He's Leonardo DiCaprio, but they were saying one day there will be a guy named Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> that people will say is him. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. people are saying Leonardo DiCaprio is what got the career River Phoenix was supposed to get. But that's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's just like a, a a a transposition kind of thing. It's like somebody's got <laughs> right. to might as well be this Joker over here. If you've and got a good agent, time travel involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and you don't die. That's the other part. Don't die. Yeah. Well, and then they're like uh, the the weird child stars that that's pretty much it uh, for the most part. They just they're like, I'm done. Like Macaulay yeah. Culkin is a weird example because he never really bothered with any sort of post 
childhood career. Macaulay's fault. Uh, Culkin's face didn't age. It was like cute on a little <laughs> kid, but he looks like a fucking mutant as an adult, yeah. right? Well, I love the fact that everybody thought he was a heroin addict for years. It's like, no, that's just yeah. the way he looks, man. He's got it's like, face. That's just him. Yeah. yeah. He was in a movie with uh, Seth Green. Um, I just can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really do much. I think he's he's probably on the verge of another resurgence because I think a his brother is fucking genius. Yeah, I love that's the thing. Yeah, I love the fact that his brother has managed to to come in from his shadow and uh, yeah. be his own thing. Yeah, it's and quite fun. He, yeah, he it's like the birth of Snark. He basically yeah. said, "Okay, I look like him, and everyone's going to compare me, so I'll just I'll just be like a a, a a shitty snotty person and be hilarious at it." Yeah, works. Yeah, but it's but yeah, but he they're of that weird realm because like he and Elijah Wood were in that Good Son movie, uh, when when Culkin was like at the apex of his cute kiddom, but then he mm-hmm. was starting to play against type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was in that movie, my girl with the child actress that went on to do like veep. I think she was in. Yeah. I can't remember. McCluskily, her name. Clump- uh, yeah. Anna Klumpke or whatever her name Klumpke, is. Clumpke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I love, that's my favorite Culkin movie though. Cause it's the one where he gets stung to death by bees. <laughs> <laughs> Did so. they show it? Did they show him going? Ah! Pretty close. Yeah. And, uh-huh. then, and then he's dead. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird deal. So it's like these weird variants on the child celebrity it's like they either their careers die because they either just give up or they just don't age into interesting people or they just look weird as adults you know what i mean it's just some of them some of them make the transition without going the full like going back to eric's original premise you know without going the full sex symbol thing like mandy moore right managed to actually get a television acting career out of her early days um but like yeah hillary what is hillary duff doing i, I there's probably I hillary duff fans who know I, all that i don't I, care but yeah i'm pretty sure that they're they're I actually going my, ahead with a lizzie mcguire reboot on disney Plus. i asked my wife about this because i kept you know like i kept coming back to this subject and she was like yeah she's on like a bunch of lifetime movies oh she sort God. of become the yeah the yeah the she grew up and became a mom. She went anti-sex symbol while, you know, Lindsay Lohan, uh, I wouldn't call Lindsay Lohan. Uh, she never hit sex symbol. She just sort of hit uber trashy. <laughs> yeah. Almost like zero. Yeah, she to went right two. past sex symbol to skank. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She did a, she did a Paul Schrader film co-starring a, a guy who up to that point had only done porn. Like, nice. Wow. The Canyons. The name of that film. Okay. Mm. And we've got to do a show on the canyons. No, we don't. Oh, man. Yeah, we do. <laughs> nah, oh, 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 man. Jesus. Can we do it like one of these? Can we do it like Brian and I have never seen it? And you get to like explain it to us. Hey, 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 if I haven't given you enough of the the uh, the coterie, the lineage of this film yeah. written by Brett Eaton Ellis. Okay? okay. This has got everything awful involved Say no more. in it. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so it's just, it's weird, but then you get the child actors that do the child actor thing and then actually get themselves a reasonable career. Don't go nuts. Mm -hmm. Uh, like Neil Patrick Harris is a good example of that where he just never quite went away. And then suddenly they put him in, uh, 
Harold Kumar go to White Castle just playing this weird, exaggerated, stupid version of himself. And then suddenly everybody's like, yeah. oh, I remember Doogie Howser. Holy fuck. And then his career takes off again. It's just like yeah. this weird resurgence thing. Well, I, I still say Neil Patrick Harris's career was totally res- uh, resuscitated by Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. No, but, wrong. No, no? <laughs> you're absolutely <laughs> wrong. It was it was the birth of an attitude with Harold and Kumar, and yeah. that, well, that somehow that was this that was him was kind of his, his reputation, mm-hmm. which yeah. was great. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know, but but, in, in but then you of, go. That's not a that's not a manifestation of the modern Neil Patrick Harris persona, right? Like that's that's NPH, the character in, in Harold and Kumar who is a pussy hound and does all the drugs. Right, but what I'm saying and is that sort of as thing... as a result, ends up on How I Met Your Mother where that, that same character type is what he's playing. Yeah. Mm. And I don't so, think he would have gotten that gig without Harold and Kumar. Oh, that's yeah. fair. So, that's fair. So, it's, so to go from like Doogie Howser MD, which, let's be real, is just a dumb idea on multiple levels, uh, yet it was a moderate success... Because Stephen Bochco, and then you, <laughs> Stephen Bochco would just have like all sorts of rotten ideas, but yeah. he had made enough money that he could. I think he was fucking with people. I think all of these things were the results of oh shit, I'm gonna do a, a horror TV show about a lamp that you can't turn off all the time. Yeah. Okay, we'll give sure. you two seasons. Sure, whatever. You know? Uh. So, yeah, so it's weird. But then you look back through history. It's like, how many actors can you say started as child actors as stars and then had lifelong careers? Like Elizabeth Taylor, as fucked up as her later life was, it's like, holy shit. She was a child actress from like the age of 10 up until whenever. And uh, and if you look at like her early, early roles in like National Velvet and then you go and watch something like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, it's like, yeah. how is that the same person? That is fucked up it's so I think, weird yeah i wonder if there's some amount of shame involved where they're like i shouldn't have all this i really ought to train and like deserve <laughs> this yeah. and then there are other ones who have the same epiphany but say i don't want to like shirley temple yeah. who then goes into like a career in politics yeah. leaves the shirley temple film thing behind and somehow doesn't go crazy yeah well, and I mean, you have your jody foster right yeah right or uh honestly i think ron howard is probably the poster child for the longevity because he was smart enough to know when to get out of acting and he did it early right i don't Uh, think he ever wanted to be in acting though i think it was like all sort of a a stepping stone into behind the camera stuff yeah because even when he was on happy days he was trying to get direct yeah and then he hooked up with corman and then started doing the low budget shit just to earn his chops uh, and then now we get, you know, shitty Star Wars spinoffs, but whatever. But, uh, I mean, but Ron Howard did this, did the career longevity thing that I'm shocked. Okay. So how to put this? So I'm, I'm shocked that Madonna didn't follow this path. Okay. Madonna, who was studying Greta Garbo and whose whole thing was about me- manipulating the media image of her and being famous, like had to know that the way to really be a legend is to get the hell out of the camera's gaze while you're aging, like Garbo did. And I saw her doing things like, I'm going to start producing these younger acts like Britney Spears and get them on her label and and basically be the puppet master behind all of that. 
And then she didn't fade out, and now she's on tour right now, and everybody's like, oh, Madonna, don't, you know? Yeah. Well, but that's also, I think, maybe a facet of just the core personality. I mean, you have to to be that successful, you have to have that sort of uh, idea in your head that you can do anything. And once you attain yeah. a certain level, then that pretty much solidifies that in amber, and it's just not going to go away. And so you're not really going to see that kind of... Yeah, people who have spent their lives being young and hot are not going to be first to say, "Okay, I'm now old <laughs> and ugly." Yeah, you know, new but chapter. They're going to be like, "No, look at me, I'm hot. I earned this." <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, oh well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just this weird bag. But then, uh, but like I was saying, then you get the ones that uh, they're cute kids. And then they grow up into weird-looking adults, and then that is sort of the kiss of death for any sort of career that they might potentially try to have. You mean Howie Joel Osment? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's uh, got, a new, he's got a new career as a fat-bearded guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, These actually films he did though. as a kid, yeah. he was so goddamn good. Sixth yeah. Sense is only works because of him. Yep. Yeah. It only he's on screen. It's him and the world's laziest superstar. <laughs> and it, he does all the heavy lifting and yeah. he's a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even the stuff in like Future Man that he does, it's still funny uh, and he acquits himself well, but he's just, he didn't, yeah, he, he didn't grow into what everybody I think had hoped or expected and that didn't do him any favors. And it's totally arbitrary and not fair at all because it's like who has any control over really what they look like as an adult. Right. So it's right. like, oh, but that's the weird pressure that they put on these child actors. <laughs> I'll tell you who does. Zach Efron. That guy oh, spends that every guy. day micro-targeting every ab. Yeah, right? seriously. Fuck that guy in his eight-pack. I swear <laughs> to Christ. Uh, I remember one time, I remember, uh, this was like, I don't know, mid, mid-aughts. I had gone out to L.A., to see my dad and brother. This is my dad still work as a scout for the Dodgers. And so he got us early entry into the stadium before a game. And you're out there looking at him doing batting practice and stuff. And then I'm looking down and there's Zach Efron, like hitting dingers off of like the slow pitch. And this was fresh off high school musical uh, and all that shit. And I didn't really, I mean, I knew he was, but I didn't really know. And all I could think of was like, good Christ, that guy is short. And he literally, <laughs> and that was all I could think of. Cause he's like five foot seven or something. I mean, it was something ridiculous. And then I felt like this guy's like the, the next thing. This is like, he's a superstar. I'm like, come on, seriously. And thankfully he wasn't. Yeah. Let's so, face it. He has not had that breakout performance yet. He's had he's had eight or nine films that were in heavy rotation, and it's still like I still don't think anybody cares about Bad Grandpa. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, <laughs> but he do... was in Baywatch, and somehow I could see him taking on the David Hasselhoff mantle <laughs> yeah. as time goes on. Well, if you're uh, gonna you know, do that, yeah. Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, and Justin Timberlake were exactly. all contemporaries on the new Disney uh, Mickey forgot, Mouse Club. You forgot Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. That's awesome was also part yeah. of that crew. Uh, and Whoever it's funny. cast that show is a fucking genius. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that Ryan Gosling is the only one that actually has managed to come out of that uh, with anything. Are you Britney's, kidding? JT is the biggest thing in the world. 
Ah, and, yeah. and Britney is going to own Las Vegas. I mean, I decades. Yeah, yeah. everyone came out let of that me, with something. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I think Ryan Gosling is the only one poised to maintain any sort of credibility out of that oh, entire crew. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, you can't take credibility to the bank. I can see where you'd make that mistake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Christina Aguilera shit herself while hitting a high note, and, you know, she's still drawing crowds. I, no, no, I, you're thinking of Fergie who pissed herself on no, stage. No, 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 look it up. There's a great picture of uh, Christina wow. Aguilera with brown runny shit running down her leg. Christina Aguilera actually hit the brown note on herself? Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy Christ. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. It's I kind awesome. of respect I her more as a that. singer I, for that. <laughs> you really... Because you kept and going. I, you don't she's stop a great the show singer. for that. Dude, does that mean you respect me as a drinker? Because I once got so drunk I shit myself. Well. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But you didn't do it in front uh-huh. of a 30,000 people crowd. <laughs> I don't know who was looking. <laughs> That's true. Dude, That's true. I, I've, I've seen you like so drunk that the homeless people in San Francisco were looking down on you with pity. So, you know. <laughs> Is he okay? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Doing like the sternum knuckle rub. Yeah. 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 You only uh, live once, you good, know? Good Christ. What am I going to do with this liver? Uh, <laughs> leave it there? Well, oh, shit. Well, the other interesting thing, too. The other interesting thing with these child stars is the ones that do they peak too early, like say if they get the Oscar nods or even win the Oscar? Uh, do you think that's the kiss of death? Anna Paquin. I think it can be. Uh, yeah, Anna Paquin and, has won. Uh, but Tatum. then there's also that that one girl, oh God, what, she was in some movie with, uh, with a whale and it, it, from New Zealand. Free and Willy? 11. <laughs> <laughs> it was a New Zealander film. No, I can't no. remember. She was like a big fucking deal that year because she was up for Best Actress, and then just gone. You know, yeah. oh, was well, it the one I'm... with? No, I was thinking Beast of Southern Wild, but yeah, um, who knows? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but but Anna Paquin won for the piano. Uh, let's see, uh, Tatum O'Neill won for Paper Moon back in like 1973. I guess it was. Most of these people had respectable careers after that. Well, and I got to tell you, I mean, I rewatched Paper Moon this week. Uh, just, I randomly just had a, a hankering to watch it again. Peter no Bogdanovich. one just randomly watches Paper Moon in I 2020. Love I love this so, movie, man. I watched, it out. Come on. It was one of We've my favorites Chris. as a kid. We've known Chris for 30 years. You know he's the kind of guy who just pops in Paper Moon. I, I fucking it, love it's, Paper it's Moon, It's not like man. he tripped over it in the wild or anything. He had to go find that shit. Yeah, you got to search for it, man. <laughs> it's not It's not out there. It's out there, but it's not out there. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's like Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill in like Depression Era, and they've got a really weird dynamic uh, that's fun, and then Madeline Kahn shows up. So that I I can honestly say that's one I agree with on the uh, the Academy Award because it was like her first role and it's like there's no way this kid is 11. That's just nuts. Because uh, <laughs> it's should like make an a Freaky Fanning Friday kind of movie with her. <laughs> they, she did <laughs> done well. Well, but then they, they she did go on to make Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau, another one of my all time fucking favorites, and she's yeah. great in that as well. I don't understand what happened to her career. I think she just she too married much drugs. McEnroe. Yeah, no, she married McEnroe. She decided she was going to be a baby farm, and then okay. that fell apart. Yeah, and she said, "Well, back to acting." And she realized she couldn't act anymore. Yeah. it's a muscle that can you know go because children unpopped. will take it out of you, <laughs> which is a shame. Because then you've got someone like Brooke Shields who could never act yet maintain some sort of acting career uh, through most of her 
days. I mean, it's just, it's astonishing to me that some of them make it and some of them don't. Yeah, it is amazing that her horsey features managed to continue to be, you know, in front of, you know, a camera. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you say horsey features, and then, of course, she's in the Jordache jeans with the low. Anyway, oh, as a teenager, the logo yeah. is a horse, <laughs> but yeah. anyway. <laughs> it's creepy. Have you ever seen her movie called Sahara? Uh, no, there's like a, I a trillion it. movies called Sahara where she it's like the 1920s and she's a like some sort of I don't know want to be road racer but basically it's a cross country road race in Africa in like the turn of the 1920s uh whatever 20th century and it's fucking awful <laughs> and like I and like I'm surprised that didn't kill her career uh blue lagoon didn't kill her career suddenly susan didn't kill her career blue lagoon made her career yeah that's what i'm saying it's like how does this stuff come out they're all awful yet brooke shields maintains uh some semblance of a quote-unquote successful career it's just weird to me Hmm. there's no accountant she's one of those people that is put in things because she's a celebrity not because of her talent she's like i mean okay kevin costner ish in that way. Although yeah. Costner has more talent than Brooks Shields, but still. Yeah, I guess. And then you've got guys like Jason Bateman who are very quietly uh, maintaining an actual quality career. Uh, that Jason no one really Bateman talks did about. it right, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, he stayed out of like the bright hot spotlight and has been working steadily the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it was but Teen Wolf 2. And <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Don't forget, his sister was also, and, you know, she grew up and realized, I can't act. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that Bateman's, like, Jason Bateman started as Ricky Schroeder's second fiddle on Silver Spoons. Right. And then parlayed that into it's your uh, move. a career. It's your move that lasted, like, a season. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, this kid is done. He's done. And then, like, years later, just shows up, and now he's just he working steadily. He's getting into directing, Arrested Development. I, I love him. He's, like, like the, the voice of our generation. He's this cynical guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's more Cusack than Cusack, man. I yeah. yeah. Uh, but also the fact that on Silver Spoons, after he left, then Alfonso Ribeiro came in as the sidekick. And then he would go on to uh, Fresh Prince and all of that. And now he's doing some Food Network show uh, unwrapped. I mean, it's like, it's like you look at these weird career arcs for all of these child actors. It's like uh, some of them, it's yeah, they're just they're the bullet, man. They're going all the way to the top. And others, it's like, well, uh, thank God they're they're working. They're doing it. Good for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't take it away from them. So, yeah, basically, it's good to be a child star. Is it, though? Yes, if you like it's bad to be it's bad to be a former childhood star, but it's good to be a childhood star. Hey, didn't David Spade make that movie? Dickie Roberts, former child star. Yeah, which is all about this. I yes, think, I think that's uh, that's what I needed to watch to prep for this, and I didn't. Okay, the movie I was thinking of was Whale Rider from two thousand two, and the uh, uh, actress uh, was Keisha Castle Hughes. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who she is? No, neither do I. Don't I don't even That's know what Whale Rider that, is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whale Rider is actually a really awesome film, but you got to yeah. go hunting. Whale Rider is also a very weird sexual euphemism, so just beware. Wow. There's this awesome part of this movie, because it's literally a little girl who, like, you know, goes and, for whatever reason, by the end, she rides on a whale that's, like, you know, sure. going by in the water. 
And there's a shot of her holding on to the whale as long as she can <laughs> until she passes out. And her body like floats away from the whale. It's it's trippy because it's all shot. It's in camera. It's and she not wants like to a be a whaleback rider. Whaleback rider. Whaleback rider. So, so to wrap this up, then uh, can you, can either of you name your uh, your? <laughs> Can either of you name your favorite wild acting performance? I'm not listening to Chris. <laughs> I'm trying to reel it back in, goddammit. We're no, too much fun. The show. Uh, I can't believe we forgot Natalie Portman in The Professional. Uh. Oh, fuck it. We'll just start. <laughs> that was for you, Brian. If you want to end it, end it. Do it. it. Just like these child just like these child star careers. Let's put a stake in this fucker and just yeah, end it. Put a stake in it. If you want to listen to a better show, um, go to our website. It's maghuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Actually, this was a fun show. Uh, there are other fun shows on that website. Uh, you can also find our Twitter feed there. We are at MagHuge. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We're the Magnificent Huge Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. As always, uh, honestly, our numbers are dwindling. So, you know, share the show. Help us out. Maybe subscribe to the podcast or, or, or give it a review on iTunes. Who knows? Maybe that'll help. Um, We're not doing this for money. This is just for fun. Yeah. So it helps a lot when you tell us what you want to hear because we'll do it. Yep. And you can uh, email you got a lot of choices to, to magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. Yeah. You know that they, that it, I, I heard something like in an hour now. More content is produced in the world than, you know, from like all of time before now. It just, it just, we just keep generating so much stuff. The amount of competition there is for this show, if anyone's listening, I think we're yeah. lucky, but, you know. Well, well, you know, we, uh, we try. We try. So, thanks. Good night, Austin, Texas, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> 